This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. I think you're one of the most overprotective parents in the world. I do worry that we are really the epitome of the helicopter parents. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> I, I the... actually thought that this was fairly uh, a fairly contemporary d- description. Yes. Apparently it's not. Apparently it was disco- It was named in 1969, the oh, helicopter parent. Around about the same time that ecstasy was invented. I don't know why I know that. Why did you know that? I just do. It's really How strange. weird. I do know that. Yeah, but... so it's been about since 1969. Oh, right, OK. Um, and, I mean, right, my mum was most definitely not a helicopter parent. Uh, neither was mine. No, yours was the complete opposite. Yeah, absolutely. My mum probably got engaged kind of right, though I still think she probably did a bit too much for us. Mm. Um, But so, yeah, so of course, how we were parented, as we say most times we have these conversations, affects how we parent. Um, Do you want a definition of the term helicopter parenting? Yeah. Yeah, let me give you it. It refers to a style of parenting or parents who are overly focused on their children. Yeah. Which I think presents an enormous dilemma for all parents. Because to become a parent is in a... It's almost almost baked into the concept of becoming a parent that you're going to be slightly obsessed about the thing that's coming into the world. You know, they're they're going to be the most precious thing in your life. They're going to become an expression of you for many years and hopefully they're going to sort of go beyond you. And so they're fraught with all sorts of complexities around how do we control them? How do we keep them free? How do we make sure they make the right decisions? How do we nudge them in the right areas? So all that sort of stuff. So the issue of control and children is probably actually one of the most complicated issues of being a parent, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and you see, the thing is, I I come out in hives when I hear the word control. Mm. And I think maybe sometimes I've been too um, permissive, both of us, I think, maybe, mm. because, because we, are actually, we are actually adult teenagers and sometimes we find it really I think I, I really think you're, you're blowing your trumpet there. <laughs> adult toddlers. Adult toddlers. I've, just, I've literally and, just stunt-fallen through Covent Garden. Yeah, and we, and we do kick against authority yeah, and we yeah. kick against the norm. And I think sometimes... I have because, I mean, it's like, for instance, do you remember the the podcast that we did about um, the parent, the good parent and the bad parent? Mm. And you're, and we talked a lot about... Good cop, bad cop. Good cop, bad cop. And we talked a lot about how how you would always have to be the fun one and doing all the silly stuff and all of this. Mm. And, and, and no, I wouldn't actually, have to. I just naturally I felt that pulled, way. If I ever pulled the kids <laughs> up you would immediately react like I'd pulled you up. And actually, I was just talking to the kids. Mm. But it, like, goes into our very being when there's any sort of sense of controlling or discipline or anything. We kind of get involved in it, in a Mm. way. And this is us being really, really honest here. Because actually, I'm quite embarrassed about this. We're treading a line all the time of wanting to sound like good parents, but actually, when we delve into stuff, I realise... I think um, we're shit. I think we're, we're some of the. I think we're. I think we're appalling parents. I oh, think no. we're probably some of the worst parents going. And I think what we are a, a, a salutary lesson for or of 
is, um, or an example of, is how you can car crash through parenting. And really, it depends on the children you've got, <laughs> by yeah. and large. I mean, obviously, you're being silly when you say some of the worst parents, when you think of all the terrible no, I mean, what I'm talking on, about but is... I think, I think that we have... I think, like you say, I think we've fallen, tripped into a lot of the ways that we've mm, parent, we've tripped over into it. You know, I used to say very proudly, oh, I've never read a parenting book. Mm. But now I wish I had. I actually do wish I'd but read can some I, Can I just say books. on that note, though, I remember you going to bed with a fair few parenting books. You would read the first page or two. I'd usually come up to the bedroom at that point and you would you would be breaking out in hives and welts and you'd be sweating and you'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And that book would work its way beneath our bed all the way around to my side so that when I went under, there it was folded okay. on page one because you couldn't bear it. Yeah, but I I think that I've made a mis I think mm. I've made mistakes. I wish that I had followed more rules and regulations. I think I have been in some ways a boundaryless parent. I think I have been a bit I've struggled. I've really really struggled with my own rebellious nature. And being a parent. So sometimes I can be like, right, okay, right, we've got to get really organised and we've got to... And, and the kids turn around and look at me and go, well, hang on a minute. Uh, you know, last week you were this uh. chaotic sort of... So so I find it... So I so I want to be very engaged in my kids' lives. I, you know, sometimes I'll very purposefully sit down and say, right, let's talk about this and let's... Mm. And, let's and I really want to know what's going on and I want to... And, and I feel like I'm walking on this really precarious line which is in one way a helicopter parent that wants to know everything, wants to be totally involved and, and sometimes enmeshed in their lives to then being too distracted and too out of their lives and not conscious enough and not organised enough and not focused enough. And, I, and, I, and I'm sure for many a listener here, it, it, they feel the same because... Because it's just so common. It's a bit like when we say, oh, my God, if we have to work at being in love, then is it work? You know, is it, a re is is it, it real love? love? If you have to work at a marriage, then surely there's, mar mm. there's something wrong with the marriage. And I think that that same complex mixed emotions comes into parenting for me. And that I think I thought that I was just going to be a really natural, organic earth mother with her tits hanging out breastfeeding while she was doing a million other things and just and just being I was earth. wishing you would be that as well <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was all going to go swimmingly and I think by luck we have two incredible girls mm. who are very who have an incredible moral code and are very I mean just a conversation I was having with Maddie yesterday she blew me away with the way that she dealt with a certain situation and yet I do also see where they have their struggles, and I know that that is absolutely down to our parenting and our helicopter parenting. Wow, that is an enormous salvo that you've just delivered there. I mean, there's so much that you've just said. I can see that there's quite an emotional side to the way you're looking and in the way you're speaking about that. Mm. 
this is a this is confessions of a modern parent. And mm. I think what you're nudging towards there, and when I say this, I'm only talking about you because you were talking about you then. So there's none of this is meant as a criticism oh. or anything. Uh, you know, we are, in essence, there is huge pressure on us as parents to think that we can be, to be good at it, to be good at parenting, to be good parents, and mm. whatever that means. And like you say, we've talked a lot about it in terms of our marriage, the idea that you do need to work at actually a marriage to make it work. You know, mm. that, that, there shouldn't be any shame in that but you what you were I felt you were kind of you know talking about there is something I see in you and I think it sometimes helps for us to look at each other as parents and tell each other what we see in each other I see you grappling with that sort of guilt and fear and worry about being controlling and not controlling enough knowing and not knowing too much wanting them to have secrets but at the same time wanting to ensure they're safe and it's a really difficult double act to play and I do see those moments in you where it's funny when you become you know sort of most stressed I'd say around the girls is when I sense in you guilt that you're feeling about having let go or dropped the ball or not paid attention or not having been on top of things or helicoptery enough for a while, you'll sort of, what I, I characterise it as like it's a bungee jump reverse, that you're right, makes the kids look up and go, hang on a minute, what the hell's going on here? Suddenly it's all stipulations, rules and regulations, whereas a minute ago this our lives are all about flowing left, flowing right, I mean not quite tits flowing, but you know what I mean, metaphorically everything is very, we are rule breakers, we don't like to be regimented, we don't like to be hemmed in um and that's but, that but that's an interesting sort of split in the helicopter parenting yes, it's it quite complex our helicopter yeah, yeah, parenting yeah. because we we aren't good with rules and regulations though i have to say we've got very good kids who never i think late we do never, guilty I th- but i think but i think we helicopter emotionally sometimes mm. and i i, I I don't know what you think about this. I think because we are so engaged in mental health Mm. issues, we talk so much about that. We're very, very um, plugged in Mm. to, yeah, to emote to the emotional intelligence within our family. And I worry if sometimes we helicopter there. Um, Oh, I entirely think think we do. With rules and regulations, and with. I not rules and regulations isn't really the right thing to say. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Is that I don't I don't think I helicopter enough with things like tidying your room, um, you know, getting work finished, uh, making them if they start something to finish it. All the things that I'm not good at myself, I don't. I don't helicopter but them this, I get really confused about the term helicopter you parenting. You helicopter with safety. Too, well, I get yeah. really confused about the term helicopter parenting because if you dig into the sort of strict psychological social definitions, these are parents that typically take too much responsibility for their children's experiences and specifically mm. their successes or failures. Now, if that's a term, you know, part the very definition of being a parent is to helicopter in some way. There has to be some helicoptering, otherwise you're not parenting. Otherwise it's benign neglect, otherwise it's not applying rules. I don't think we're talking about that, aren't we? I don't don't think, yes, the the helicopter should be off in the distance looking through a telescope just to check. I'm talking about when you're in the child's ears. My point is it's very hard to distinguish between what's right. I think that's the difficulty as a parent, is that where you can maintain that distance, where you can't. And I think you're right in saying that we've perhaps been very hands-off in some areas, and I would say probably on an emotional, psychological basis we've been far too i would say that the girls would probably say that we're far too much wanting to be in their heads 
wanting but to I know think, what they're feeling, how they're feeling, when they don't even know what they're feeling. I think it's more that when they've been stressed or when they've got anxiety or when they've got something like that going on, we have been maybe 50% too um, too much under too have 50% too much understanding over it. I think sometimes... <laughs> I'm not surprised. Literally don't understand what we're 50% of what? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Rory, we probably needed to reduce by half. Maybe you need to half. insist on maths lessons a bit more. <laughs> we need to reduce by half our understanding, maybe. Of what? <laughs> <laughs> when they're going through stress and anxiety, we tend to be 100% like, wow, okay, this is something we've right. really got to listen to. Right. This is what we've got to take action on. Yeah. This is something that could impact on them terribly mm. if we don't listen to them. And I think there we've helicoptered. Right. I think we haven't enough gone. Don't be silly. Mm. I mean, there was an incident a few months ago where I booked them both into this yoga class. And... Um, and then they and I and really I should have made them go to that. Mm. But they called me. I think we were here actually, and they gave me a very, very, very good, very, very articulate sent me a very articulate text saying, "Mum, I don't think you understand really. When you just book us into these things without us knowing, you know, you've got no idea. You might think it's going to be fine in there, but I've got a real feeling, Mum, it's going to be one of those really bitchy girl things. We're going to go in, everyone's mm. going to be staring. Da da da. And she gave me a really, really good account of what it could possibly be. Yeah. And I heard that and went, and she said, oh, me and, me and Kiki have been anxious about this for days and right. we really don't want to go. I think that was helicopter. What when bit I, of it was? Because I heard all of that and I went, okay, I can hear they really, really don't want to go and I didn't say go. But I think actually I should have said, do you know what? I'm not going to make you go five times, but I'd like you to go three times because I'd like you to try it and then see. And so and that was helicoptering. By, by saying, okay, I hear you and I hear you're going to struggle with the whole idea of this. And then I've got you gurning at me now like an idiot. <laughs> no, because I'm, you I'm laughing. Wouldn't even, no, I'm because laughing. I know exactly what you're going to say. What? You're going to say, well, come on, yoga, who wants no, to do that? Because no, you, no, that wasn't because, what I was going to say. Because you behave like a teenager too... And then you go, you give all the reasons no. why it's going to be gonna awful tell you and they why I'm know laughing. you're going to bat them up. I'm going to tell you why I'm laughing, because we sound like a right pair of Tarquins. Our kid's going to a yoga class. Okay, we'll make it tennis, <laughs> no. make it swimming, all make right, it whatever. Anything. Okay, no, I hear what you're saying, but I would also, <laughs> I'd like to say on the yoga front, nothing scares the shit out of me more than walking through a yoga class door on my own, and I'm a grown man. But there was two of them. Yeah, I know, but they're kids. Well, let's not get into No, 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 but it's a funny point. It's, a, it's an interesting point because the reason I was asking, where is the helicoptering in that? Is the helicoptering in saying, go to a yoga class, i.e., you know, it's suggesting they go to it? That sounds like rational, reasonable, sensible, caring, health-conscious parenting. Or is the helicoptering in allowing them to not go? You know, yeah. so... Yeah, but, the, the helicoptering was in being over... Uh, sensitive to mm. their sensitivities, and then where I where I then failed terribly mm. as a mum was I, I I I brokered a deal with them where I said okay because it was a teenage yoga I said okay how about here's the deal you don't go to that but you come with me the next mm. time I go to yoga and they said absolutely yeah we'll do that well have I made them do that no 
No, but so they got away with it. Yeah. So I was. So I think, in a way, what I do is worse than anyone because I helicopter and then I let the helicopter crash and mm. then there's benign guilt, but benign neglect. Yeah, absolutely. So really, we're kind of nibbling our way towards a word that I love as a word, uh, but I worry about as a term, and that's molly coddling. Are we mollycoddling our kids? And mollycoddling is another way of kind of helicoptering, isn't it? Is it helicoptering? For me, helicoptering is all about monitoring, making sure, overcompensating, sort of controlling, even if it's not controlling by action, but just constantly monitoring. There's a sense of being monitored and controlled, isn't there? Well, the, the interesting, I was, I was reading up about, about helicopter, helicoptering parents, and there are various reasons why some people do helicopter. And I wondered what you thought about this. Now, one of them can be, one of the reasons can be, because you're a helicopter parent as well. In what you? way? You haven't even defined how I'm a helicopter parent yet. Well, I feel like we're going to start throwing helicopters at each other. <laughs> I feel like I need a toy well, helicopter. You, oh, every single thing with Maddie. I mean, <laughs> you darling, what do you think you're a helicopter parent? Why are you, why, why are you woman patronising? I, I want a new say. word. There's mansplaining and I want one which is like woman straining or something. It's like they look at you in that way that's kind of like, oh, come on, well, you I must know. know what you're like as a man. <laughs> well, one of the definitions for somebody that reasons that somebody might helicopter parent is, um, is because they have been neglected or felt right. neglected as a yeah. child yeah. Or, or, or had anxiety So you overcompensate. So you overcompensate. I get and that. I, and when I was reading that, I certainly felt that. With you, I felt... Because when, when I see you helicoptering, mm. I know exactly where it comes from. Because right. actually, I think you're doing what you wanted yeah. as a child. I have huge, huge issues around... I, I mean, I think where I'm bad, and I have been bad, and I continue to be bad, is around safety and them going out. I mean, there was a point, and I think one of the problems for parents is the transition of a child, and I think in a weird way, this is, you know, although it, it's confessions of a modern parent, and often it's about teen, the, the teenage child, as, you know, in terms of parenting teenage, teenage children, the really tricky point is that transition from tweeniness Mm. 12, 13, 14. Those are really tricky years. When they're wanting to flex their muscles. Yeah, yeah, because essentially, you know, when you get to Maddie's age, 17, though, you know, there's this idea, I have to stress, that I have a 27-year-old, nearly 27-year-old, and I have a 21-year-old. You still have the same fears. Yeah, Your yeah. fears don't go away regardless of their age. But at 17, you're beginning to think, it's weird, a natural letting go happens where you have to mm. kind of trust. They've learned and they've worked out the responsible way to travel around London and all that kind of stuff. But at, at Kiki's age it's really hard to know where to put those barriers and boundaries and that helicoptering in place. And I learned the hard way with Maddie, because in a sense, Maddie was the first child I grew up all the way through with, because I didn't with Izzy and I didn't with Fleur. So mm. I really have the first, my first experience of being a parent with a child transitioning from 12 to teenager was Maddie. And I was an absolute wreck. I mean, mm. I found it really, and that's not just... You know, we all laugh and joke about fathers being a bit this and being a bit that. It was a combination of, you know, wanting to make up for what I hadn't had and no one giving a damn really about, not in a horrible way, but they just literally didn't give a, a damn. And I do think we have to recognise times have changed, though you could argue how much have they changed. You know, we do we do hold our children in a more molly-coddling fashion now, I think, because we sense or feel that the world is a harsher and more mm. dangerous place. Whether it is, I'd be fascinated to know if we could work that out. I don't, don't necessarily know if it is or not. Well, that is one of... This This article I was reading, they talked a lot about that, 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 that our anxiety about the world, without realising it, we can transfer it 
to our to our children. So do you do you think that it comes from for you? Do you feel it comes from your childhood? I would almost well, yes, and also I think where you live and um I mean, I, you can't get away from the specifics of your situation, but I do think that I have generally... I've, I've also overcompensated, and I wonder if this is the case for many other people, because I didn't... I was sort of kind of denied the ability to do that with Izzy and denied the ability to do that with Fleur, so I kind of really wanted to relish the mm. fact that I am I'm solely responsible yeah. for this child, and I wanted to make sure I got it right and did it right. I mean, I do think the term mollycoddling has, you know, leads to ideas of, you know... the the snowflake generation, all that kind of stuff. I mean, do you feel? I mean, do you feel you've mod- molly coddled the girls? Do you think we, as a as a pair, have overprotected them, made the world a sort of cotton wool p- place? I think. I think what's a dangerous thing about us as parents, as as the two of us together, is that we molly coddle in very different ways, and so it's like, where is the peace for them? Mm. You know, I I will I model molly coddle them. Emotionally, I think, mm. definitely. I think that I wanted a bit more molly coddling when I was a kid. You know, you're growing up in the 70s and the 80s and it was very much yeah, yeah. anything you felt. And this was, my parents were great parents, but it was the way of parenting then, you know. Oh, don't be so silly. Pull yourself together and that was it. And, you know, my mum wasn't particularly cuddly or affectionate and mm. so maybe I've, I'm a bit soppy with them. Um I do tend to over-worry about them and I think, you know, I'm, I'm constantly reading into what's going on with their, you know, they'll look a certain way and then I'm like, are you sure you're okay? And you like, mm. So I definitely over-helicopter like that and if they say they're stressed or they're anxious, then I look after them. Maybe I, I, maybe I sometimes treat them a little like they're made of glass if I mm. think there's any mental Which health Which is issues. ironic because when they, the studies show that too much helicopter parenting can causes lead... Anxiety, causes anxiety. Causes anxiety, yeah. But I get why I'm like that because I have been... I mean, you you suffer with anxiety yeah. and depression and, you know, my... Uh, I You know, I, I, and other people in my life have and it's been a very difficult thing for me. And so I think I project a bit on them with that and I wish if I could turn back time, I wish when they had been anxious and worried about stuff, I'd push them harder to Mm. do it rather than say, okay, well, you don't have to do that then. Mm. I've done way too much, way too much of you don't have to do that. I don't believe in dragging children into things, screaming, shouting and crying, but I have definitely let them off the hook. Mm. And I really, really worry that that will impact on them in future because you can't just pull out of things just because you you don't like them or yeah. you know, they're giving you stress or anxiety. I mean, in the, in the dread of night, I, you know, and in the dead of night, in the dread of night, I worry that some of the lifestyle choices we've made for our children, and I think when I talk to a lot of people, and this is an entirely different discussion, being the parents of homeschooled children. And homeschooling, I'd like to stress, is not all of the educative experience that both our girls have had. They've both been through conventional schooling um, and indeed, you know, Kiki the youngest could well be going back to school. So we're not sort of hard-lined advocates of homeschooling or home educating. But often when I've talked about homeschooling to friends or colleagues or whatever, there's often a look and a feeling, even relatives actually, and a sense that we have overcompensated 
for the girls mm-hmm. that we that that is almost an, in, an an enormous symptom, a sort of massive, all encompassing symptom of molly coddling and helicopter parenting. And in a sense, it means that we we have total control, which is in itself bloody petrifying, of all of their learning, but all of their socialising and all that sort of stuff. You know, I think a lot of people often see that decision that we've made as the most ultimate act of. Um, molly coddling, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, do you feel that? Do you feel that pressure sometimes that perhaps we've gone too far, too far? I think we did what felt right at, at the time. The time. Mm. Um, I think we're not anti-school. We just couldn't find the right school. I think yeah. we've now found the right school for Kiki and we're really excited about that. Um, yes and no. This yeah, is the yeah. thing this about is, I mean, this is the difficulty, isn't it? Isn't it? I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't. No, no, um, I can see that. I, yeah. Because I feel very protective of our decision because they've been very, very specific yeah, mitigating but, circumstances. Yeah, but I think it's good to be... Pro- I think it's okay to be protective of your decisions, but I think also we're really good at interrogating what we've done. Yeah. And I do think that is part of being a parent. Lots of people say to us, we overthink, don't we, about mm. it all, but I don't think you can overthink being a parent actually I think it's it's such a difficult complex thing to pull off and it's very 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 scary because you're preparing because the thing is we are preparing them to be adults yes I think one of the things that we a big mistake that we have done and maybe we've thought we were doing it for the right reasons is we've talked a lot about what's going on in the world we are news junkies and we've mm. we've included them in that mm. and I think I think more so maybe with you than with me with this, you tend to tell them all the bad news out there. And I think that that comes from a place... Because teenagers love that. I know, but I think that also comes from a place of your anxiety, because you do suffer with anxiety. Um, I think it comes from a place of fear, and sometimes you share that fear with them because you want to protect them. No, not at all. It comes like from girls, a, no, so-and-so's got not been a stabbing here. Oh, my God, you, and this, you're characterising me totally inaccurately. It doesn't come from a place of fear. It comes from the same place of sitting down late at night and watching a horror film. It's excitement, it's drama... It's dramatic, and teenagers love catastrophe. I mean, all teenagers love to flirt with catastrophe. No, but when we talk about, like, I wish we didn't talk so much about things that have happened that are really bad, like, in our area around there. Sure. Because, because I know that it comes from a place of fear for you because you want to protect them. Right. So you, they'll go out of the door and you say, right, whatever you do, don't use your phone. Well, I will say, don't get stabbed. Yeah, and you say things like that because mm. you're really, really scared. But, but, I, but I think that is helicopter parenting because... You're hovering over them, telling them what could be mm. bad. And that's what they talked about in this article that I was reading, that you're saying that could happen, that could happen, that mm. could happen. That apparently is the classic helicopter But situation. apparently the biggest component, I mean, and I've, I, I, I can feel the, the truth in this, the biggest component to helicopter or over-controlling parenting is guilt. Yeah. Guilt is the is the strongest driver. And I mean, any parent... I mean, for me, almost the sign of a good parent is a parent is constantly questioning whether they're a good parent never feels like a good parent. I mean, if you sat there saying I'm a good parent, I immediately get suspicious. And I have to confess, that was one of the things I loathed most, was the the peer pressure from other parents. But apparently one of the biggest pressures or, or sort of, if you like, instigators of helicopter parenting is peer pressure from other parents. Mm. You see them overcompensating and doing things and driving yeah. Johnny or Tarquin to the, you know, this, that and the other. and not only other. 15 Yeah, clubs. forget going into yoga. They're mastering the bloody cockerel pose on their toe. You know what I mean? And it's like, you sort of think, oh, hang on a minute. We need to, we need to step up to the plate a bit more. And I think peer pressure in parenting, we've talked about this a bit in others. It, it's a really untalked about thing insofar as talked about honestly. There's a 
a lot of nasty competitiveness between parents. And I think that can force the slightly unconfident parent into overtly into kind of controlling things. Yeah. yeah. Well, shall we listen, listen to, to my parent. very good friend, the lovely Stacey Solomon, um, who I asked her to contribute to this. I actually asked her on the way in. So I haven't actually listened to her voice note yet. So we're going to listen to her with you guys. Mm. I can absolutely do it. I'm currently laying in bed still. <laughs> I'm being very lazy. Do I Molly, Molly, Molly? Do I Molly coddle my older children? So that is a really funny one for me. I would say that I am not one thing all of the time. I'm not one consistent parent, which is probably goes against all the parent rules. <laughs> um, I'm just not consistent in um, the way that I handle every situation with my children. I think that in some areas of their life, I definitely do mollycoddle them. I definitely um, want them to remain as young and innocent and carefree as they possibly can for as long as they possibly can. So when it comes to things like, um, I don't know, being taken places or um, getting in bed with me, I still allow my children to get in bed with me. Or, um, I yeah, I'd, I'd give them lots of, that sort of molly coddling love and attention because I know it won't be there forever. And probably some of it is for selfish reasons. Um, some of it is because I don't want to miss out. And I know the cuddles and the kisses and the love like that will stop at some point and I, and I want to make the most of it while it's there. Um, but then on the other hand, I, I am a strict parent, um, when it comes to behaviour or attitude or morals, I have a real problem with um, being soft. I can't be soft. If I think that my, especially with Zach, because I feel like he's at a really vulnerable age. I feel like he's at an age where he, at any point, could be on the verge of changing who he is as a person and it might shape his life forever. Um, I think that 11, 12, 13 is just a really malleable, um, influenced age. And so I'm on it with him. And I do pull myself back because my parents were over, over the top of me. So there's definitely times when I think, no, I'm not going down that road because he'll just go completely against me. But I really do feel at this point in his life for him as a person because all children are different I definitely discipline my middle different to I dis the way I discipline Zach because they take discipline different and they're different people and I don't know why they would all react the same um but with Zachary I definitely take a quite a strict um stance and when it comes to things that I think that he should know his way around when it comes to things that I think compromise his moral compass or who he's going to be, then I don't let it lie and I will be extremely strict and I have no reservations about taking things away 
and stopping him from having the privileges that he has in his life if I think that it's going to teach him how to be a better person. There is definitely a line. So I feel that punishments in our house don't last for a very long time. And the reason that I don't do that, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but my parents, if I got grounded, I got grounded for months and then a year. And then by the time they said, oh, you're grounded again, I just, I mean, it made no difference. I felt like I was permanently grounded. And it just pushed me the other way, maybe even worse. <clears throat> Excuse me. It made me think that I might as well just do whatever the hell I want to do because every time I do something, I'm going to get grounded. The punishment seems so long now. There's no end. So who cares? So it's definitely that's something I take into consideration when I'm punishing all of my children. Um, I feel that the punishment has to be there then and then it's over and the argument has to be over and we have to talk about it and it and it's finished. I don't want my kids to feel ashamed for another five weeks. That's how I used to feel. I used to do something wrong and I'd get told off and then for weeks and weeks on end I'd just feel ashamed because conversations would happen or people would come over and it would be brought up again and I just don't see the value in that and, and it really made me just go the other way. So it's something that I don't do with my children. Punishments are short and sharp and once they've ended, they've ended and I want to allow my children to be able to move forward and not dwell on any mistakes that they might have made because what's the point? But yeah, I hope that helps. That is in a nutshell <laughs> the way that I do it. But again, each to their own. I really do, I genuinely, really strongly believe that every single child is different and requires a different method and style of disciplining. I really, I don't think one size fits all when it comes to children in any way, not in their education, not in their diet, not in their lifestyle. It just doesn't. Everyone's so individual and I definitely, definitely treat my children differently. And I have this conversation because Zach will say, oh, you didn't do that to him, but you did that to me. And I'll say, well, you're two different people. I can't treat you the same. I don't expect you to be treated the same through life and you shouldn't expect to be treated the same as anyone else. You should be treated like you. And I do think that's a massive part of our our upbringing. Anyway, I rambled on for seven minutes nearly, so I will let you go. Love you. Wow. Fascinating. You know what, guys? I have to tell you, I know Stacey and her children and they are the most incredible kids. She is a brilliant mum. And it's interesting there, wasn't it? Because she was saying... Because when she was talking about mollycoddling, you see, I didn't. none of that sounded like mollycoddling to me. No. It just sounded like love. No. And this is what I think is one of the interesting things about this, any term that we all bandy around as parents. These are, more often than not, terms become weaponized as ways mm. to make ourselves feel bad or to make ourselves feel better about mm. other parents so that we mm. don't feel so bad. I mean, I think Stacey talked so eloquently there about catering for the individual needs I of children. Yeah. And I do think that, I, you know, I, I think families, it made me reflect on how I was brought up or not brought up in some ways. You know, families do, why is there sometimes this tendency within a family? And kids will use it too of, you don't you you said that to this sibling, mm. but you didn't say it to me. Mm. And why do families feel there has to be like one line of rulemaking? Mm. That, mm. That's the barometer. And if you, mm. you know, and, and there's no sort of, 
There's no ambiguities, there's no ambivalence, there's no catering for the individual mm. needs. You might need, might need to be stricter with some, mm. less strict with others. Mm. Um, Helicopter one a bit more than the yeah, other. Absolutely. And it's very interesting there that what she was saying about with her own childhood, um, you know, if, if a punishment goes on forever, it mm. becomes utterly meaningless. Mm. Um, but... Um, and and that how how difficult it is to work out what the line is. Well, it's What's about being line? engaged. I mean, all of us as parents want to be engaged in our children's lives, mm. but we don't want to be enmeshed. Or it's about finding the right amount of engagement that doesn't mean that you're enmeshed in their lives. And I know that I've spent, if I'm honest, if I look at the chaos, and when I say chaos of my childhood. I do, I'm trying to undo that somewhat because I try to find more structure and order in the way I do everything in life. But where it, where I sort of find myself just in a chaotic place as a parent, it's no surprise because it's very familiar because there were no rules. Really. I mean, there were no rules for me mm. as a child. There were none. Mm. Zero rules. Would you have preferred to have been massively helicoptered then? Well, I wonder whether than... it would have helped me feel a little bit safer because yeah. I think what comes with rules and regulations is a sense of orientation. Mm. And I do worry sometimes that for the girls, that, you know, because we live what seems both a sort of free and easy, hippified, bohemian kind of free, not free love, but you know what I mean? Sometimes I worry that there's not enough structure, but mm. then I do sometimes worry as soon as we start to put the structure in, are we, you know, where is the helicopter? Is that helicopter? Is that control? Is that molly coddling? Well, another thing that I've read about this is, is that if you, if you, if you over helicopter, and it sounds like Stacey has got it. Well, I know because I've seen Stacey in action. Mm. She's got it so right. She's very, very strict. Like mm. my mum was with rules and morals, behaviour, and all of that. She's very, very strict. But on the other stuff, she's fun and she's easygoing and she's. Mm. She's loving. Um, but but one of the, the things that can go really wrong if you're over helicopter is that the child reads it as you don't trust them mm. to sort stuff out and that makes them feel anxious. Mm. That leaves them feeling anxious because well, not even you believe in them that they can they yeah. can look after themselves. And also me fretting about them catching a bus and all that sort of stuff, mm. you, you are diminishing their coping yeah. skills. Yeah, you know, You've got to... It's that terrible, terrible balancing act between letting your kids discover how to fail, how things go wrong, and yet they discover that without it profoundly harming them, or knocking them off a trajectory that requires confidence. And You know, if you've spent months, years building up a child's confidence and you know that one arsehole can ruin it, it's really hard to let them go. And, but you that's know, not I know, the, that's I know, but classic that's, that's, helicoptering. Well, that's helicoptering, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, I, if I'm honest, I still struggle with it with my eldest. You know, the idea that I have absolutely zero involvement in the choices and decisions that Izzy and Flora are making oh. now is, on one level, heartbreaking. Because that's why, why, why you just what you're doing is you're preparing them for adulthood. Yeah. You're hopefully teaching them with your actions, not only your words, yeah. but your actions as well, how to choose well, yeah. how to choose somebody that's kind, how to choose somebody that's caring. You know, that's because that's a big thing for you, isn't yeah. it? What if we do all of this work and then they choose some, some fucking asshole of a boyfriend <laughs> who just undoes the whole lot like a... It drives me nuts. I mean, you can... Calm you can, down. No. Calm down. No. <laughs> yeah, helicopter. When we get on to boyfriend... I mean, you know, you can see friends and boyfriends. It's just... What's that? Can you hear that sound? <laughs> Winding yourself yeah, up no, again. that's me getting the engine going. 
Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and a little <laughs> bit worried that she might tell you off, you can always come to lovely, cuddly old me at, <laughs> at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. We're, cu- we're about to read the messages from uh, listeners, and Nadia is currently <laughs> helicopter parenting on her phone. I so am. Hang on a minute, I need to check the girls all right. They're in a Pret-a-Manger with, a car- with their bank card, sat in a corner, because I placed them there to avoid all the waifs and strays, you did. the crack addicts and I the pimps. I wanted to move them, yeah, because I, I said, thought I they were too far around the corner. I put them out of vision the so they can't be seen. So as we sit here right now, pretending to be really cool parents... We've basically locked them into a corner of pret I was also going to say to them, and I stopped myself, <laughs> if somebody comes over to you, this is how you get out of yeah. the situation. I thought, no, I've got to let them work that out. Well, the out. last thing I said to them as we left was, if you need to dash out of here, run right, because there's the nearest access to really a tube station. Did you really say that? Yeah, I said if there's a fire or if there's, Did a, you, Mark? If there's a terrorist alert. You've given them anxiety. I haven't. I've prepared them. Forewarned is oh. forearmed. Anyway. God, I let, feel like we need to start the podcast from this point. Okay, so uh, let's. I've got an email here from Mick42. I'm a child of helicopter parents. My childhood experience was one of always being protected from harm. It meant that if a kid at school was mean to me, my parents sorted it out. If it was, if I wasn't getting on well at school, my parents organised extra teaching. I never had to fight for anything. As soon as I was about to fail, I was caught. As a young child, this felt brilliant. I couldn't fail and I was always protected from harm. As I've grown up, through teen years, I realised I wasn't quite as socially capable as my peers. I found making friends harder than others seemed to, and I still relied heavily on my parents' advice. It's only as an adult and now a parent myself that I feel I've been able to stand on my own two feet. The entitlement I felt for my place in the world has dissipated into realising I'm not as important and special as I thought I was. I'm the same as everyone else. I feel now that my helicopter parents actually wanted to create children in their own image. Personally, I feel it was selfish. They wanted me to live up to their best expectations and constantly ushered me along that path, rather than let me explore and find my own way. As an adult, I feel less and less close to my parents, and to be honest, a bit more resentful for what I now perceive as a lost childhood. Wow, Mick. Um... Well, yeah, I think there's some within that. I think there's a little bit of when is helicopter parenting pushy parents parenting, and I think we should do something to chat about pushy parents. But I mean, I remember as a child, you know, I had absolutely zero, as I say, helicopter parenting, and yet one thing I did have on tap all the time was my mum's first girlfriend. She was gay, my mum, and uh, Lee, and she would come down the school and beat everyone up for me. And it was fantastic, you know. So I'd come home and say, oh, they've called... And I'm going to swear, listeners, so I do apologise. They'd say, oh, yeah, your mum's just a lesbian C-U-N-T. And I went home and said, Lee, they've called you and my mum lesbian C-U-N-Ts. She said, all right, come down and score. I'm going to stand outside the gate. She pointed them out and I'll sort them out. And she did. She sorted them all out. And my friendship circle really respected me from then on in because they didn't know whether this man... So girl... is that helicoptering or protecting? Well, no, exactly. So I think, you know... It's really, once again, we get back to this thing, Mick throws a spotlight over, you know, what were his parents doing that was, you know, only for the welfare and hopefully trying to help him? I mean, I think you have to at some point in your life as a grown-up child um, recognise those parts of your childhood that have perhaps been too controlled or, yeah, I get what I get what he's saying about, you know, wanting to create him in their own image. I think there's a bit of that in most parenting. You have to get to a point, I think, in your life where you kind of forgive your parents. I think most parents 
I would trust are trying to do the best with what they've got and what they themselves have been given. And you find that out more and more once you and become I think, a parent. Yeah, and I think forgive, like you forgive your parents a lot and I forgive my mum a lot for how they were parented themselves too. Yeah, you know exactly. Okay, uh, we've got one here from San, 40. I'm a mother to three beautiful kids. I love them dearly and they have a safe, peaceful environment to thrive in. I come from a very different environment. I grew up in an impoverished environment in a council estate in West London. My childhood was one of going some days without enough money for the electric meter, wearing dirty jumpers for warmth, making myself ketchup sandwiches for dinner. My mother loved us. My dad wasn't around. She had no money little ed- and little education. As a child, you can't choose your circumstances. It was just normal to me. When I grew up, I managed to get a few GCSEs and a job in a bank, which I've managed to do well in. I met my husband at work, and together we've been able to afford a very different life. Our kids have such a different experience to my childhood, but I find it so hard to turn off the voice in my head that wants to protect them from all the disadvantages in my childhood. I think I most probably am a helicopter parent. I'm tough when I need to be, and I'll be tough with anyone who wants to give my kids a rough time. In the past, I've argued with teachers and other parents over how my kids are treated. I've got the best intentions, nobody's a perfect parent, but I know I'm giving my kids a far better life than I got from my mother growing up. Oh, mm. oh I think you're just trying to be the best that you can. I, I just think that that's lovely. Trying to be the best that you can. Yeah. And you're, you're trying, just to... trying to be the best yeah. that, you can, that you can. I think I've definitely in the past maybe interfered a bit too much some places here and there. Again, I think that's a whole other chat. But I, it's very hard to switch off your feelings yeah. when somebody's, if somebody's hurt or upset your child and stop and go, right, am I helicoptering here now? Or do I take my hands off this and just let them deal with it and then, and then they, yeah. you know, they, they're growing and flourishing into an adult and then coping later to life? Yes. Sometimes we overreact. Yeah. Sometimes we get that helicopter gets so close, we could also almost catch their hair in it. Or take but, their heads off. Yeah, but we, we are trying our best, aren't yeah. we? And, and that's, I think that's a good thing for us all to end on today. And she's also reminded me, I remember when I used to have to go and get those bags of 50Ps for the electric meter. Mm. And when the electric ran out, that was like the end of the world. Mm. We need to go and get our girls from Pretty Monja now. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review, tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>